Welcome to the Start Up to Something podcast. I'm Mark. And I'm Matt. This is our weekly update where we share the ups and downs of building and growing our bootstrapped online businesses. And sometimes we ramble on about tech. Hey, Matt, how's it going? Yeah, doing pretty well over here. How about you? I'm cold. Yeah, me too. <laughs> Otherwise, it's, I'm good. Hopefully the power and internet doesn't cut out because it's pretty windy and stormy out there. Yeah, yeah. I actually skipped judo for the first time. Oh, damn. <laughs> yeah, because, well, I, I knew that the one of my buddies wasn't going to be there today anyways. Okay. And then when it was like this downpour and I'm on my bike, right? So I'm like, yeah, you know what? I'm not I'm feeling good. it today. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it's so rare that I skip it. But I was like, no. Nope. I think I'm going to take, uh, I have so much work to do anyways. Yeah, yeah. I'm just going to stay home. <laughs> stay dry and warm. Yeah, I feel you. My, uh, the, the, I, the sneakers I have have a terrible um, like design flaw in them that whenever there is any wetness at all, the moisture just gets kicked up off the front of the shoe in an arc and, they, and it lands on top. So it's like if there is any moisture outside or whatever, my feet get soaked. Okay. So, and it's been COVID, so I haven't bought new shoes. So I've just been like, even when I go to walk the dog in the morning, it's like first thing in the morning, soggy feet. God, Ugh. I'm almost looking forward to the snow so that I can be like, oh, thank God I can put boots on and not get wet feet. Right. There's no, human. There's no shame in just putting the boots now. Yeah, that's true. Oh my God. I'd, that would be so funny. Like, I don't know if you do this, but I definitely drive around and like, I make myself feel better when I see people who are already having lay at the winter parkas out and they're just like, they're clearly not from here or they just can't handle the cold. And it's just like, man, slow down. Like it's not partial weather yet. <laughs> Meanwhile, like I'm putting my fucking boots on in all the, October 26th. Like, <laughs> God damn it. No, with my old age, I've accepted that I like being warm. So, I, I pull out the toque quite early. My ears get cold. I, I don't <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I'm sure my heating bill is going to be jacked this month. Yeah. Like we had uh, we, we didn't pay for our heating in the last place we lived. Um, it was just like central air, and it was so nice because we could, I mean, we were working from home, but it, we could keep a nice ambient temperature. But in this place, there's like three baseboard heaters in the whole apartment, and one of them is in the room I work in. So I just like crank that shit up and I'm like, oh yeah, we're it's summer in here, baby. <laughs> but then I forget that I turned it on and then I go to bed. <clears throat> and then you'll see your first electric bill. And... Yeah, and promptly have a heart attack. And then I'll put on a sweater. <laughs> yeah. So how was your week? My week was good. Um, so, you know, sticking with my, my weekly freelancer check-in, <laughs> freelancing check-in. Uh, I'm always aiming to work about 16 hours. Uh, this week I worked 20, so I think that's pretty good. I was shipping something to my client. Um, you know, he was interacting with it and getting a chance to try it. Um, so he was finding some bugs, and I was fixing them, and we were uncovering un- uncovering new issues, and I was building workarounds. So it was cool because, like, you know, finally he, he can use it and get some benefit from it. Um, everything that you know, all the testing and everything we've done up until now were things that I manually ran for him. Um, but this was him, like, you know, running back tests himself and that kind of thing. So that was cool. So uh, in Webflow world, um, I have been reaching out to a bunch of people um, via the Webflow forms mainly, 
uh, for people that are struggling with the 10,000 limit. And I've been learning quite a lot. So where I'm at right now is there are not that many people who have spoken to me or will respond. Now, I guess I can take it back even further. Like when you search the Webflow forum for something like, you know, CMS limits, um, there are posts kind of throughout time. And what I realized was that there are, you know, throughout time, there have been people who have had the 10,000 limit. Um, But I've messaged a number of them and said, hey, you know, I saw you had this problem. Like, what did you do? Do you still have it? What's the plan? And they're like, we moved out of Webflow. There was there was nothing we could do. You know, this was two years ago. Um, we, we had to leave. There are other people who are talking about the the limit because they're looking at Webflow and saying, well, I'm interested in using it, but 10,000 doesn't seem like that much. Because most of the people who are vetting the technology are actually developers. And they're like, I've used a relational database before and 10,000 is iffy. Like, yeah. what, are, what are we doing here? And some of that is around e-commerce um, because I think people are looking around and saying, okay, you know, Shopify is the standard. Is there, what else is there? You know, what, what can we use that, that makes sense for us? So they're trying to vet the Webflow technology and they're like, 10,000 limit. How, how are you all handling this? And the responses are like, it sucks. There's nothing you can do. Too bad. Uh, which is great because it presents a problem. But the issue that I'm having with this is I really don't know what the, you know, I, I don't want to, I don't want to think too early about like a total addressable market for something like this, but I'm realizing that I've heard it called like a brand switch moment. Like I've heard somebody talk about it with um, on a, a show or a podcast or something I was listening to where he was growing his hair. The speaker was growing his hair out over COVID. And then all of a sudden he was like, oh, the, there's the normal hair care routine that I have. And now I want to take care of my luscious locks. So I need <laughs> conditioner or whatever. So he is in this brand switch moment. And I think this is kind of similar of... I'm looking at investing in this technology. Um, what can I, you know, I want to know what's up ahead. They see the limit and then they either say, you know, they're saying yes or no to uh, to Webflow. Now in that same vein, let's say that my service existed completely and it worked perfectly. Those people still might not be my customer because they'll what they're looking for is like, well, I want to know is this future proof? And if services like Matt exist, then, oh great, it's future proof. But they might still not be my customer because they're, they don't have need of the 10,000 limit. They would need another reason to use me immediately. Um, so that scares me a little bit. It, it gives me pause because I want to be able to add value. Well, I, I want to be able to add value to people immediately. And I think that those people exist. Um, I've spoken, to, I've had text exchanges with a few of them of people who are like, I have this problem today. Um, I... You know, I'm talking to developers because I'm trying to figure out what opportunities there are. And that's great. You know, there's a sign that people have this problem. But I am frightened of how many there actually are. Um, it feels like the total addressable market is, is quite small. Um, because my, you know, my, my sample is just the communities that I can be a part of or the Webflow forums themselves. So I've had text exchanges with a few people. I've kind of gotten the lay of the land of what they, the problems they're having, what their data looks like, what their use of the CMS is and what they're thinking about for the next steps. Um, because this really is an urgent problem. Like their, their CMS usage is growing. And at some point they're gonna be like, I'm stuck. <laughs> I need to fix this problem right now. So this is a pretty urgent problem for them. Um, and yeah, I'm just, even if I could solve the problem for them right now, um, you know, I'm thinking like, oh, I could do it manually. I could, I could solve this problem manually for them. 
um, that may work because I now I understand how to create the templates themselves. Well, at least in my simple case, creating like a, an intermediate template that I can then turn into a Webflow page. But I don't know that I can necessarily, you know, where I'm looking to automate this. I don't know, I'm kind of talking myself in circles. Like, I, I don't know that, I mean, even if I was charging $500 a month, I don't know that I'm going to be able to grow this. Like, this basically is like, I create a solution and the solution sits on a shelf until somebody is ready for it. And then they say, well, you could use Matt if you wanted to. And I just kind of wait in the wings until the problem, until the problem occurs. And just thinking as a bootstrapper, I don't, I don't love this as the idea of that business. It just doesn't sound very sustainable. It's like, let it run for four years. And then hopefully Webflow doesn't just increase the CMS limit and you're obsolete. Um, yeah, it's like an awful lot of product risk and like you just can't, there's no market. Like, I guess you go out and you do marketing and you pray that people have this problem. <laughs> I don't know, I'm kind of rambling a little bit, but. No, I mean, um, that's, yeah. I, those are all very valid concerns. So like if, if you look at the forums, like, uh, so, and you look at how all the posts are, like how, like a gross estimate. How often does someone in the forum, you know, complain about the limit? Is it like once a week, once a month, uh, once a quarter? I think it's closer to once a quarter, maybe a little more frequently. Okay. Um, because the the art the the forum posts that say like CMS limit are pretty well traveled. Like you can just go on Google and type in like ten thousand limit or whatever, and there's a bunch of there's a like there's a bunch of like <laughs> well upvoted articles that are like how do I get around this limit? And the number one answer is you cannot okay. use product X. Like, you know. so would it be possible for you to have that number one position in the forum or in SEO? Um, that's a good question. I bet. Well. Uh, and I don't think it makes sense for me to even try to make an educated guess because I know so little about SEO. I think if Webflow, if from the Webflow forums and even like Webflow University, if you got enough links to address the problem, it's possible that you could, I mean, it seems possible like you could usurp the top spot. Yeah, I, I would try to do it on the forum. Like, like, don't, like it's going to be really hard to create a new domain name and a new landing page that's going to mm -hmm. compete with Webflow's domain authority. Totally. So, but if you can get one blog, one post in the forum that that shows cases your solution, mm -hmm. and then you can actually start doing some backlinking strategy to get that article to go to be, go up in the results, mm -hmm. that might actually be easier. Yeah. Because, like you said, maybe one person per quarter posts, you know, the problem, mm -hmm. but we don't know how many people Google the problem, find find that people have asked it in the forums and then see that there's no solution mm -hmm. and then silently move on to WordPress. Right. So so we don't know how big that traffic is. True. And it would be nice if you had a link there where you could capture some of that traffic. Mm -hmm. I wonder if that's something I can figure out through Google Trends or search volumes through like AREFs or something. Or Maybe. I'm, I'm assuming it's going to be too small for for Google to measure. Probably. But uh, but it's but it might not be too small to to you know to have a, a viable business. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But I, but I agree. Like it might it might mean that yeah. Like just try to position your service out there and then just let it sit there and wait for people to find it and mm -hmm. 
and move on to to a, a different idea in the meantime. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like that approach. Yeah, can you capture some of the traffic to get an idea of, of who's having this problem? Yeah, because I guess right now, that if I had to say there's a main risk, it would be that the people who are interested in this problem don't have it yet. They're just trying to future-proof their ideas. I think that's the highest risk to this right now. Because I think, like, let's say that all these people actually have the problem. If I can solve the problem, then I will rise to rise to number one or whatever of just by virtue of the fact the problem is now solved. Um, and I'm gonna, you know, I'm still continuing to talk to people to get a sense of, you know, how does the problem manifest and what does the what does the solution look like? Because um, even for the people that I've spoken to so far, uh, having a four like I thought my hypothesis coming into this was, oh, user generated content. How else are you gonna make it to ten thousand? Yeah, that's not <laughs> of the people I've spoken to. That user generated content is not the problem, which is very interesting. <laughs> so that's surprising. Yeah, I really thought it would be user generated. So. Um, so I, I like your idea of creating a landing page or creating something to try to siphon off traffic to get an idea of like, okay, how, how critical is this? Like, what are people willing to pay? Um, how far can I take it? Because the, the next thing that I've been thinking about is the GDPR situation with Webflow. Right. Now that crew, you know, even when you go on the Webflow wish list, um, the, there's a lot of people <laughs> who would really like GDPR hosting and they're super vocal about it. Um, and just nothing from Webflow. Like, yeah. 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 So I'm interested in that a little bit just because of things like, well, there's less of a brand switch moment, first of all, because it's like, oh, there's this Webflow hosting. I can't use it the way that I want to use it. So I still have to figure out how these people are dealing with the problem because it's very possible that it's like, we really want GDPR hosting. It's like, okay, well, is that stopping you from using Webflow? Is it stopping you from using Webflow hosting? Like, how are you getting around this problem? Because they might just be like, oh yeah, like I just don't use Webflow or, oh, I just use another hosting and I suck it up. Okay, well, are you willing to... (laughs) spend an extra X dollars a month to, to solve that problem? Like, is it actually worth it to you? Um, so I've been trying to talk, so, you know, trying to, what I would like to do next is to go out and find some of these people who are having this problem specifically. Like there are a bunch of agencies that have, who have, that have said, you know, we have clients in the EU. They're concerned about this. We want to, we want to host in the EU. What do we do? And they just kind of go, it just goes unanswered. So I'm trying to figure out <laughs> Does that make sense? Like, because I mean, I've got some ideas for how to deal with that. Um, again, there's some limitations there of just like, you can't just simply replicate the CMS in all cases to uh, to like an EU hosted mirror of a site. Um, if there's interactions or anything that would cause you to like have to send traffic to Webflow, then already you're kind of eroding the, the GDPR claims. And there's a lot there I also don't understand, like what if the Zapier is involved? What if Airtable is involved? There's a lot of a lot of unknowns there. Right. But all the same, there are some interesting, like very simple MVP related things there that we might be able to um, that we say we, like it's not just me sitting in a room. <laughs> there's some interesting opportunities there that might be like very technically possible for an audience that actually would be in a much better position to say, oh, this is a switch we can make today. Yeah, I, I agree. 
Like this is a this is an easier one. Like you don't have to find people right when they're about to reach the limit. Like you, yeah. It's it's more it's it's a decision that gets made at the beginning, at the very beginning. Like I need, I want to use Webflow, but it needs to be GDPR compliant. So yeah, I'm I'm still investigating, but I'm learning a lot. Um, learning a lot about the problem, how people use Webflow, how they use the CMS, the types of problems that they're they're having, and just more like you know more about the community in general. Um, yeah, because man, people build some seriously cool shit. Like yeah. I got to give it up to Webflow. Like they've built a very cool product and people have taken it very far. Yeah, no, it's pretty, it's pretty cool with the stuff that people build with it. Yeah. So yeah, that's really kind of been my last week was really just kind of getting through this and saying like, oh, maybe GDPR hosting is a, is a more viable option. Um, yeah. So more to come on it. I think that, yeah, the more I talk to people, the, the easier it will be. Um, but at least right now. Well, the, the nice thing is that um, there's a lot of communities out there of people in the who are using Webflow that are in the EU, and, there, and there's a ton of designer groups and all sorts of things. For, so it'll be like Webflow Austria, Webflow Germany, right. and it's like, oh shit, I can just look you up <laughs> and talk to you. So that's um, so it's kind of nice because yeah. I can just post in those communities and just be like, hey, what's up? I'm Matt. I mean, cold outreach could even work. Mm-hmm. Also, like. That's a great go point. To, go to Webflow Expert Directory and just oh, just find baby. all the freelancers and agencies that are in the EU. Oh, I'm doing that this afternoon. <laughs> oh, that's money. I can reach those people on fucking Twitter. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah. Cool. Awesome. Yeah, exactly. I'm, I'm doing that for sure. For sure. Cause, yeah, because they've, I mean, maybe they don't need it now, but most likely they've encountered it in the past year mm-hmm. or two. Yeah. And they know that in the future, there's going to be new clients that are going to come to them and they'll say, yeah, sorry, we can't use Webflow for this. Mm-hmm. But now we can. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, cool. Cool. That's great. So did you, when you say you talked to people last week, like, did you actually talk on the phone or uh, so, by text? Yeah. So every all the exchanges I've had have been over text. I have one, my first incoming interview is this coming week or in, in okay. person interviews yeah um which is also a testament to being able to reach people because it's like i've been trying pretty hard <laughs> to to ping right. people and get them on the phone um, and there's i mean they exist but the problem is that like i was saying they had the problem they no longer have right. the problem so it's like no exactly i mean but this is great this is this is the this is part of the process mm-hmm. right like you you have an hypothesis and then you you actually try to reach out to people and then you realize, oh, like this is a, a fleeting problem. Like mm-hmm. people have the problem and they either fix it right away. Well, I mean, they have to, they have to fix it right away. <laughs> or they just don't choose Webflow because they see the problem coming. Exactly. And that's a very short, two very short windows of times when you can catch them. Mm-hmm. And that's got to suck for Webflow. Like, to have people show up and be like, hey, so is this limit still a thing? And have people say yes. And you're like, well, fuck this then. I'm not using Webflow. <laughs> and it's like, Ooh, oh, you just lost a customer, man. I mean, it's obviously it's obviously not hurting them enough because they're not yeah. doing anything That's about it. That's a great it. point. Great point. But, but yeah, I would, I would definitely try to plant some seeds right now on that problem mm-hmm. so that there's the, the word is out there that there's a solution for this. And it, it all leads to a way for people to contact you. 
So either a landing page or a Calendly link, or I don't know, just a way for them to contact you. And then, yeah, then you can move on to GDPR and do the same process with GDPR. See if you can, are people reachable and are, are they willing to talk about it? Yeah. Yeah, it's a good point. I, I guess I hadn't really thought about planting the seed because I was like, oh, well, I don't really have the answer. Um, so I, I guess I'm wor- I was worried about the being an imposter or just like, ooh. Nah, just fake it till you make it. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. It's, 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 part of the, it's part of the industry. Like everyone, a lot of people do this. You put up a landing page and you don't actually have a service yet. And yeah, true. It's the perfect way to measure if there's demand for it. And they would answer that question of like, how many people are finding those those questions on the forum and then moving on. Mm-hmm. So now if they have a link that they can click and find out about your offering, then at least you can measure it and see if that's a viable business. Yeah. Okay, cool. I think that's something I'll, I'll move ahead with then. So I guess then my next week will be, uh, I need to split my time between messaging more people, seeing if I can have more conversation, and then, yeah, maybe popping up a landing page and just inserting myself into some of these topics. And yeah, seeing if I can just pop up on Google or at yeah. least to start siphoning traffic to see if anyone's clicking. Yeah. I mean, you could you could try paid ads too, just just to measure it. Oh, that's a really good idea. Shit. Okay. I might cost that out. I'm not great with Google ads, but I wonder how much it would cost to run a meaningful test. That's a really good idea. Well, I can always try both. Oh yeah, we, no, you definitely want to do the free one too. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> like that's the easiest one. Like you, you just have to add a post to those popular threads, the one that show up first in Google results. Mm-hmm. You just want to make sure that those threads have your link in them. Right. And maybe you could create a new post so you'd be like top of topic mm-hmm. and yeah, say what your offering is. And yeah. Uh, yeah, you're looking for better users. Cool. Sounds good, yeah. Yeah, because I was definitely, after some of the talks I had, or well, you know, chat exchanges I had with people and learning about how they're using it, I was like, the technical aspect of this got a lot harder when I learned <laughs> more about the, like, more about, like, interactions and how they're stored in the CMS and how that works. Kind of like, ugh, I wonder... <laughs> I wonder if that's something that I'll be able to, or I wonder what that looks like in that like data representation that I have. I wonder if I'll be able right. to, to clone it or something. But I, I, maybe there's a um, with the uh, maybe there's a a, a a game to play between the exports and like the actual rendered site. Like I, I've got some ideas, but I saw that and was like, oh, <laughs> that's going to be tricky. Yeah, yeah, no, exactly. But you don't have to. You don't have to be a hundred percent confident that it's doable right like you have like a let's say a confidence score on whether people are whether people are willing to pay for this solution mm-hmm. and then you have another confidence score on whether it's technically feasible yeah and whether you can actually do the work for them mm-hmm. and then through these experiments you adjust both scores and see is it improving or is it getting worse yeah no it's true because at this point like uh, like I, the proof of concept was fun to write and it was cool to be like okay so there's something here there, I don't know if it's all possible but at least some of it is yeah. and then now it's like okay that experiment is done for now 
And now it's like, okay, now I've learned more about the usage. And it's like, okay, my confidence is going down a little bit. <laughs> that is possible. <laughs> but I don't want to play that game anymore. I need to know that the confidence there of people buying before I spend any more time on the tech. Yeah, exactly. That's a good point. Yeah. So that's really my week. It's pretty pretty interesting, I suppose. What about you? <laughs> What's, what we have is, how is Power in Borderland? Yeah. It's uh, basically, we, we recorded last Tuesday. And Wednesday, I didn't get much done. And I felt burnt out. Okay. (laughs) Yeah. Like basically I was at that, like it's almost all done. All that's left is just do like a little walkthrough of the onboarding, make sure that it's smooth and understandable. Mm -hmm. And I just couldn't get myself to start. (laughs) That's fine. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and it happens like when I, especially when I burned a candle at both ends, like I've been doing like, yeah, working seven days a week for like 12 hours a day like yeah like it's fine when i'm doing it but then after a while like i just i just burn out like (laughs) i'm done Mm -hmm. so yeah so that so last week i didn't i didn't finish much on member row like i did i got a few other technical things done like uh i added an invisible invisible captcha to the signups so not the signups to Memberow, but the the signups to the client sites. Okay, an invisible capture. Yeah, like it, it's a it, it's a simple way of catching some bots. So you you put an input field in the form, but with CSS you hide it. Okay. So either you you set an absolute position and you set it out of the viewport, right? Um, or you s- simply say display none, or and. Um, <clears throat> and the bots will fill out that form field because they see it. Yeah. But then when you receive the form submission, you you basically you know that it, it wasn't a human that filled it out because yeah they would never would you, have seen the box. Yeah, right? exactly. Mm-hmm. So then in that case, you you just pretend it went through and just you know thanks, but but don't actually do anything. Right. Or you can return an error if you want. Or sure. Yeah, that would be really funny if you did like a uh, like a shadow ban kind of thing <laughs> of like, oh, you did this and you create a whole experience around like, oh, you totally signed up and it's totally there. <laughs> right. I'm getting 500s for some reason. The site's not working. Like, yeah, I should send them to a page where JavaScript mines bitcoins or something like that. Oh, that would be <laughs> malicious compliance to the to the nth degree. I love it. Please hold while I. While we process your form submission. Oh, you're a fucking genius. <laughs> that is so funny. Yeah. Most of most of the bots don't even have JavaScript activated though. Mm. Yeah. And the second they see a an HTTP two hundred response, they, they stop. Right. So yeah, <laughs> so I basically I mean I already had it set up on member row, so when you sign up to member row, mm-hmm. it will get rid of spam registration. Okay. But I wanted to do the same thing for my customers. Like when they put it on their website, right? I don't want a bunch of bots to fill up their their user yeah. database. What was the name of the sign up? Like the G, it was a, I remember it was like a GDPR compliant captcha type thing that you embedded on Power Importer. Yeah, it's called Friendly Captcha. Yeah, it'd be that'd be kind of a nice upsell eventually to be like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Like I could. I think they have like a. I'm on the basic plan where it's like one do, one site, but maybe they have a plan where it's multiple sites. Or an affiliate program, or I, I don't know. Yeah, something. maybe. <laughs> <laughs> I 
but yeah but but i mean you see like this was not important like why why did i work on this instead of what was important right uh something else that i did is i set up a post hog installation so so that uh like post hog is like an open source version of hot jar Mm -hmm. it'll do session recordings and and some simple analytics Mm -hmm. so i i set that up for for member row okay (laughs) it's like it's like it's premature but (laughs) but yeah exactly those were all things like that i i was burnt out i didn't want to work on what needed to be done anymore but i was fine with doing all this other hacking like sure oh yeah let's let's set up a new server i love doing that stuff (laughs) so yeah something else i did is i fired my accountant congratulations yeah yeah good riddance like I was just tired of them and they were so expensive. They kept raising their prices. And now, yeah, they did my books for the whole financial year. And now I had to file my taxes. And it's, it's like all of a sudden, oh, now it's like, it, there's a minimum flat fee you have to pay to file your taxes. And right. It's like 750 bucks. And I was like, why? Like, <laughs> you've done all the bookkeeping all year. Like, you just have to transfer the numbers over. <laughs> To yeah. a form and submit it, like yeah. seriously. So, so yeah, it was the last straw. I was like, forget it. Yeah. Send me my books, and uh, so yeah, I found uh, like for my personal income tax, I use UFile, mm-hmm. and I found out that UFile has a a corporate version also, and mm-hmm. so it cost me like 125 bucks to submit the my corporate taxes. That's great. Yeah. So and uh, and yeah, so I just started. Thinking, well, how how am I going to do my bookkeeping for for the year now? Like, right. because I'm not going to have. But I realized I, w- I was pretty much doing my own bookkeeping. Yeah, I, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like I have a bunch of scripts that take my my statements from my bank, my credit card, and um, it just imports it into a database and does auto categorization. So mm-hmm. detects the payee description and says, oh, well, that's that's income, you know, or that's. Uh, right that's advertisement or that's uh so i was already doing that so now it's just i just need to transform it to a format that some bookkeeping software can mm-hmm. can import and since i love living in the in the terminal i i, I found a, a text based plain text accounting like uh well i would call it an app but i mean it's it's more of a philosophy yeah. There's a whole series of apps. There's a whole website actually called I think it's like plain plaintextaccounting.org or something like that. Awesome. And uh it's like it's like yeah, they've defined this plain text way of of recording transactions. And then there's a list of different command line tools that will that will process it for you. Right. Uh but it's, yeah, it's so fun. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why I geek out. <laughs> I geek out over that stuff, but is it free? Yeah, of course, it's oh, all really? open source, and okay. free, and cool. And because you're keeping it all in a, in a plain text file, like it's future proof, and yeah, you know, if you, you want to switch to something else in in the future, whatever, like just write a converter for it, and sweet. So yeah, so I mean, I already did a bit of proof of concept to make sure that I can use this for my bookkeeping. Mm-hmm. But so far, yeah, it looks promising. That's great. So, because like you know, I'll, the only other, like the only reporting I have to do throughout the year is 
once a quarter, I do sales taxes and uh, payroll taxes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But but you can calculate all that with online calculators and mm-hmm. so yeah. So I just have to in one quarter, I'll just have to report something. So it, it's going to be just a few hours, and it's, yeah. it's 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 stuff that I was doing anyways. So it's yeah, yeah, because it's not like you're going to forget. Like the government is like, "Hello, Mark." <laughs> <laughs> like they're very are they're very clear that they want their money okay yeah. cool yeah no problem but yeah I mean there's really there was nothing the accountants were doing for me like they weren't they weren't providing any advice or any strategies or they really I always had to ask them like when I wanted to add, to do something I, I'd have to ask them and they wouldn't really have any advice <laughs> like so in the end, it's like, what am I paying for? This is ridiculous. And, and the costs were just going up every year. Yeah. Like, yeah, because my accountant helps me with, like, full-on planning of, like, all right, you're a, you're a person who's going to be filing taxes, and you have this business that's generating income, and you are paying yourself from. So he's like, great, let's figure out, like, what are your financial plans for the next couple of years? Like, maybe you want to do this as a salary draw versus dividends. How do we right, want to exactly. split it up? Like, what are some questions that we can ask to figure out, like, what's the right way to balance this? What can we leave in the business? Like, oh, I see you have expenses that look like this. So I don't have a, well, I, I keep my own books, but I work with a bookkeeper who checks in on my stuff once a quarter to be like, yeah, okay. you're doing it. Yeah, you're doing good. Like, it's fine. And she charges me like very little for this. But they work hand in hand. So at the end of the year, she'll do one final look over everything and kind of provide some like, oh, this is a expensable category or like, or she'll say like, oh, are you like this happened just recently of like, oh, do you have a cell phone? Like you probably want to move that over to the business because you, you can expense it. Like it's totally yeah. reasonable that you're using it for work. So like you should be expensing it. Um, and like, how do you break up your rent so that, you know, oh, you're working in an office that should be deductible. And like, there's all sorts of like, I mean, there are benefits to running a small business <laughs> that you can leverage, and like they're just tuning me into this. Um, so I'm getting some some advice from that, and like my accountant works with her, and they kind of put together um, opportunities for savings and that kind of thing. So yeah, no, they provided none of that. <laughs> it was cool. ridiculous. Like I, I would find out myself, like, hey, wait a second, you can deduct some of your home office, you know, mm. like as an expense for the corporation, like. So I'd reach out and then my email would get bounced back and forth between different people at the office. Oh, it goes to the technician. Oh, now I go back to my account manager and I goes to this, to my accountant. And, and yeah. And then, and then when I see my invoice, like I'm paying for all those fucking emails. Like, (laughs) you know, so, so yeah, it was like, forget it. I'm just going to do it myself. And now the big bonus I see is that now, because I was spending thousands on on accounting, mm-hmm. like the idea of starting a new corporation were like daunting. It's like no way. There's no way I'm going to start a new corporation because, right? I mean, the, the filing the corporation is is not that expensive. You know? No, you know, like maybe you can get it done by someone for like five hundred bucks. Yeah, it's just a one time thing. Mm-hmm. But if I have to spend thousands of dollars on an accountant, like to operate this new this new corporation, it's like, forget it. Mm-hmm. But now if I do it myself, like, yeah, it makes it a lot, a lot more feasible to like yeah. start a new corporation. So like for member row, if I wanted that to be its own corporation, like, I could just do it myself. Like, 
there's no there's no more a huge overhead for doing it right yeah i was in the indie hackers forums i don't know maybe a month or two ago and there was a canadian guy who was like i just quit my job and i'm going full-time on my product and when should i incorporate and i I was like finally like i i feel bad giving my opinion on indie hackers for example because like i don't know anything like i i I don't know like it's funny to there are very few people who i would actually ask for their opinion of because like most people have done nothing so it's like I don't need an opinion of somebody who doesn't hasn't done anything or knows anything. Uh, an anonymous person on a forum somewhere. But I was like, oh, yes, nice. Like, I actually have facts that I can use to, like, help this person. And it was, yeah, like, right away, after having gone through the whole process now, I'd be like, unless you're making more than, let's call it $30,000 a year in, uh, in business earnings, I would not incorporate. I would just do the sole proprietor thing. Because, like... You're good, like, you need to live and like, you know, you're basically getting, I don't, I can't remember what the cutoff bracket is, if it's 26,000 or 36,000 for like, when you pay no income tax, but like pay that to yourself anyway. And like, spend if you're going to spend it on marketing, spend it, spend it on marketing, do whatever you want with it. But like, you're going to get it tax free anyway. So just don't worry about it. And it's like, as soon as you incorporate, now you have like, I remember Patrick McKenzie called it a puppy. Like now you have a puppy (laughs) that you... You have to, you like it, but you have to take care of it. And like, you have to pay professionals to help you with it because now the government has you. So it's like, you have to interact with these people. Uh, they're a part of your life now. So it's like, ugh. But I mean, it sounds like you're hacking the system. Like, I like the, I might try this myself. Like, doing, I, like, I mean, I like the, the kind of wealth financial planning aspect. That's really useful. Um, but maybe it's really useful because it's the first year um, right. that, I've, that I'm claiming. Because now that I know, it's like, you got to remit every month. You have to know how to do De- reasonable bookkeeping like there's i mean now that i know what i'm doing in that regard it's like i just need kind of a call twice a year to be like how's it going what do we need to think about yeah any changes no okay we'll see yeah i mean the the other advantage of incorporating is the limited liability like, how does that work <laughs> well like if someone you know like think of all the like the patent trolls let's say mm-hmm. like if some patent troll decided to sue you because you know what? Exporting websites—that's uh, we have a patent on that, yeah. <laughs> right? I mean, the, the trolls are ridiculous. It's fucking ridiculous. Yeah, yeah, it's fucking ridiculous, right? So, so you, yeah, someone's going to come and say, "Yeah, we we invented exporting websites. You can't do that," mm-hmm. and they'll sue you. But, but if it's a corporation, they can't sue you for your personal assets. So, like right. you know, whatever savings you have or you own. You own a home, you own a car, like mm-hmm. any of your assets. They, mm-hmm. they, those are not the corporation's assets. So the, all they can do is is sue the, the corporation for for its assets. Okay. Yeah, because I've been thinking about like because I, I I was thinking about insurance recently because I'm getting personal life insurance and right. I need business and well I look at it and I'm like I need business insurance because that's what adults do but like I never really understood that. Of just like how the how the actual liability portion works. I'm just kind of really hoping I don't get sued. Yeah, well, That'd be great. I mean, that, I mean, my trick is to to not leave many assets in the corporation. Mm. <laughs> so yeah, you want to sue the corporation? Fine. Like, I my bank balance is a thousand bucks. There you go. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Declare bankruptcy and it's over. And yeah. But um, I mean, right now, I mean, I guess I shouldn't 
tell people this like <laughs> publicly on the podcast but yeah like the you know the, the software does belong to the corporation so yes that would be an advantage of starting other corporations is that you know if they sue the operator like the the operator doesn't own the software so like right. you know you could have two corporations one owns all the software and leases it to the other corporation which is the operator yeah so the operator gets sued they they don't have any assets they go bankrupt another operator shows up mm-hmm. <laughs> and then the you just lease to them oh my god yeah i've heard a lot of these tricks of things like you start a business and because like um you know like the the Canadian government rolled out some tax changes like two years ago or something. And like the people who really got hurt were doctors because in Canada, if you're listening to this internationally in Canada, uh, doctors incorporate and then those, their corporations are employed by hospitals. Um, so they have been able to, they were playing tax games out the wazoo to, <laughs> to, to save cash and kind of like, Rightfully so, you know, there right. that the incentive exists. You can pay people to help you with this. Why wouldn't you do it? Um, so there was all sorts of games you could play. You could employ your spouse, and you could pay your spouse a salary and your kids, and like there was all sorts of ways to to play this little game. Um, but I've heard of stories of like, okay, so like the company, you leave assets in the company, like a lot of money, and then eventually, like that company acquires property that, and they lease it to you. but then you like but you're not you don't necessarily want to be employed by that company because that company could be sued and you could lose your house so you create a child corporation and (laughs) and you like work for the child so if there was ever a lawsuit um, the lawsuit would be targeted at the child so the child could go bankrupt (laughs) and your your assets are safe and the parent like it's like it's so twisted (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> what you can do yeah. but i mean the incentive is real like it's extremely real no exactly like i mean i'm i'm just like i'm not doing it to to get away with something right oh, no no i no. mean i'm i just know that there's assholes out there and there's patent yeah. trolls and yeah. like I, i'm not i'm not trying to screw anyone over so there's no legitimate reason to sue me yeah but if just some patent troll or someone just has a grudge against me my competitor or someone like they yeah then uh, yeah, I want that extra protection. Yeah. Oh, totally. No, I think it's a. I think it's totally reasonable. But otherwise, I would agree with the overall opinion. If you're not making any money, you know, and you're not making many waves, there might not be a, a reason to incorporate right away. Mm-hmm. Yeah. At some point, it'll be advantageous, but you know, maybe wait till but, you're making a yeah significant significant amount, or like you know, when leaving money in the business is going to cost you something. That's the real kicker. Yeah. So yeah, so so yeah, that's what I've been doing. I've been just finding other things to work on <laughs> to have a, a, a fr- I mean, the big difference is that there's no stress on working on this other stuff. Yeah, you know, like the accounting stuff is like it was just fun. I was just playing with numbers, yeah. writing parsers. And it was like I, I love that shit. Like, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's I don't even consider it work. Yeah. You know, but but there's no like there's no deadline. Well, I guess I guess my deadline is is the end of the next quarter. Yeah, right. Yeah. right. It's like just there's no there's no real deadline, and it doesn't have to be pretty. There's only one user using it. It's me, so mm-hmm. it doesn't have to be user friendly. I don't have to think about edge cases of 
user mistakes or yeah. it's like and the user's not going to judge me yeah exactly <laughs> have a throw an exception it's fine exactly so yeah it's just it's no stress hacking it's just so that's what I've been doing and then often I'll get obsessed with an idea and I just can't let it go <laughs> so that's something else that I did I was because I'm 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 calling the Airtable API asynchronously mm-hmm. so when you sign up so someone's integrated Memberro on their website and then someone uses Memberro to sign up to their website the sign up is is live. Like I I hit the Airtable API immediately mm-hmm. to make sure you know like that the account has been created. Because right. if there's a problem, then I need to tell the user right away. Mm-hmm. Oh, they didn't work. Mm-hmm. Try back in a few seconds. So, but once they're once they're created, like filling out forms, that's that's less critical. Like it's okay if it it's okay if it doesn't work. Well, it. Like if it doesn't work right away, I can retry and retry. Right. Like it doesn't matter. Like I don't, I don't need to give them feedback right away that okay, it's in Airtable. Mm-hmm. I mean, the user, the, the user of that website doesn't even know it's going in Airtable. Yeah, they just filled out a form and hit submit, and mm-hmm. all right, I've submitted whatever I was submitting. Now I move on. Yeah. So so all that stuff is asynchronous. So I have all these these queues that I'm filling up, and uh, and then I have background jobs that that read the queues and then start processing and if if our table gives me a rate limiting error well then I back off right but then everything in the queue just like each user has their own queue so like so the background jobs are able to continue other people's queues even though one of them has been rate limited oh I see okay so the rate yeah. the rate limit is per like um, client connection. It's not. Yeah, it, like, it's per API ID. Got like, it. Okay. Yeah, member row doesn't have a its own rate limit. You're working no. on the, the tokens of. Yeah, exactly. Okay. So, but all of this is like, is pretty generic. Like this this idea of like calling an API, like me wanting to call a third party API, but I want I want all this stuff to be taken care of. Like. The rate limiting, retrying, yeah, totally. Um, the, the doing it asynchronously, like just saying, okay, thank you know, thank you. I will take care of it, and I'll call back your webhook when I'm done. Like all this, this is very generic. So I've been, I've been brainstorming, just like, can I extract this into its own service? So yeah, so I went down that rabbit hole <laughs> pretty okay. deep. That just sounds like fun. I mean, that's yeah. yeah. I was like starting to think like, what what. Like right now, it's all in MongoDB, but I'm I was I've been exploring different stacks. Like, like could this be better suited for something like RabbitMQ, like some kind of messaging queue system? And then I start I looked at uh, just because I was exploring all these other things, I I started exploring Superbase again and okay. Upright. So yeah, like I I just. I just played with the idea. Like I was, <laughs> I was like sort of like yeah, you know, I I could actually use this for member row, like, but this could be something that other people might like to use also. I mean, it's a it's a dangerous scratch your own itch kind of <laughs> rabbit hole, right? <laughs> right. Yeah, this is one of those problems that like I feel like every company has, and they are like, oh, I'll just roll it myself. Yeah. And everybody. No, exactly. 
No, let's say like I really don't. I have no proof that this is a service that people will pay for, or I haven't even validated that many people have this problem. I just know that this is the second time that I have this problem. Like with Power Importer, I wrote it all for for the Webflow API, and now I'm building it all for the Airtable API. And you know, the next time I add a new API to to Power Importer or Memberro, it's going to be the same problem again. Oh yeah, I've, I've had this at every company I've worked at. I've had it. Did I have it for F bars? We didn't have rate limiting, but retry was a problem. Like I had, right. I had like a weird version of this, like a very stripped down version of this for F bars. Like that happens all the time. Yeah, exactly. And yeah, you could re, you know write a library that a reusable library for that you would use internally, right? That would define its own data model and and but I but I I like this idea of like just offering a restful API that does it for you. So you you just you just call this restful API and in the header you tell it what's the actual endpoint that it needs to call. Right. And it just it just takes that payload and and queues it up and then calls you back with a webhook when it's when it successfully ran it. So just just by adding these special headers to your request, like you you're basically hitting this new endpoint exactly as you would hit the 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 real endpoint that you would hit, like the yeah. Airtable API. But it does it takes care of all that complexity for you. Yeah. So even if it's not a marketable product, like no yeah. one else would pay for this, it'd be a nice way to encaps- encapsulate this functionality as like something standalone, like no no libraries are shared between the, the projects. It's really just through a RESTful API. Yeah, totally. Yeah, you could even like auto-generate a client. Yeah. Like this seems... So with the Python, with the Panda stuff I was doing, Pandas, this is like the first time that I've run into like what I would call an extremely useful API. Like I feel like in my programming history... I've never really used something very useful. It's like, here's a bunch of like building blocks and you can, here's a totally unopinionated API that you can use to build all the things that you need. And I was like, oh great, thank you. So that's the world I come from. And then I started to use pandas and they're like, oh no, we have a hyper specific function for exactly this one thing in this one case. And it's like, who wrote this? Like, why did they know that I would run into this? And my wife was telling me like, (laughs) Yeah, R is exactly the same way. Like, there's all these really useful functions. It's like, is it not like that in Java land or whatever? And I'm like, hell no. <laughs> that would be so opinionated. No one would ever, no one would ever give me something like that. Um, but like, it feels a little bit like uh, Ruby is a little bit like that through the gems, uh, through, I don't know what, the, what, you, what you call it or whatever. But like, there's so many extremely useful packages out there. Like, yeah, is there a gem that, does oh i guess this is more like a service than it is a gem you're not really augmenting a, an existing service i guess you could be but no but you no you're right this could be a gem like like you, you could have gems that that have their own data models and their own background jobs or so you could you could have a gem that provides all this functionality and then you just add it to your project and then use use one of its classes to to get to to make API calls, let's say. It could, yeah, that that could be a possibility. But I was just thinking like, but what if I, yeah, I was just really interested in this idea that I don't want to have reusable code that's being imported into each one of my projects. 
I was like, I just want to be able to, I have the documentation for the Airtable API and I just, I just implement those API calls, but I just change the endpoint and add a few headers. Yeah. And then it's, uh, yeah, you can totally all, delegate to this, to this. Yeah. Thing. Yeah. I like it. So yeah, that did, uh, preoccupy me for <laughs> at least a, a whole day. <laughs> Did you write any code for it or were you just kind of more brainstorming like what a solution could look like? Yeah, I was just brainstorming and uh, and installing software. So I did like install RabbitMQ. I had never used it before. Yep. So I, and I did write a bit of code just to test it. I also played with GoTrue. Like it's uh it's it's written in Go and it's it's basically it's just a a restful uh, API endpoint for authentication. Okay. So it's, it's really just just an API. So you so you host it on a machine and it uh, it accepts certain re- certain endpoints for managing authentication. So okay. signing up, um, creating a JWT token, mm-hmm. and then you can validate the token or make sure. it. And then the idea is, well, you just you just write a, a single page application in front of it to do your to do your registration pages but again again because i was going in that avenue i was thinking i was like looking at how they did it right and i was yeah there's a lot of stuff that i i always end up recreating between projects (laughs) that's why i like this template that i found that the idea that if i could just use that from now on for new projects but there's still pieces that I end up recreating and yeah either I, I bundle them into gems which which always takes there's always a little bit more overhead like to make it more generic and right so it does slow you down but uh, in the long run you'll save time mm-hmm. would a bump in a ruby ver- or a bump in a rails version screw that up or would you use rails for something like a gem yeah some Sometimes it's, it's not a big problem, like unless you're really doing some fancy Rails integrations. Like, but most of the time, that stuff's pretty stable. Okay. Like all of the the callbacks that Rails supports, yeah. they've been pretty stable for quite a few major versions now. Okay. Cool. But yeah, that's it. That was that was my week of of hacking. Okay. <laughs> I also I also uh, brainstormed some stuff from Power Importer. Okay. Like the right now. I support uh, scheduling syncs. Yeah. Like with a paid account, you you can sync every hour. Mm-hmm. So you can schedule your your Airtable to be synced at least every hour or or once a day or whatever interval you want. Mm-hmm. And there's a there's like a ten dollar a month add on that you can add so you can sync every five minutes. Okay. So I, I already have a few customers that use that, but then some of those customers like. Even that is too slow. They find, <laughs> like they want instantaneous syncing. Okay. So, so yeah, I've been look, I've been exploring how I would implement that, okay. and I think I think I found a, I think I found a solution. So that's probably one of the next things I'll be working on. After Member Row is is out there, and there's a, there's that, and there's a few other things that I want to add to Power Importer. Okay. So. How are you feel? So after your like week of hacking, how do you feel? I feel good. Good. Like uh, yesterday, I was able to to get back to work okay. on the onboarding. Mm-hmm. Like 
I think that I was procrastinating. Sure. Yeah, because this weekend I I actually took the weekend off. Good. Yeah. So yeah, some yesterday Monday I I actually jumped right in and started coding and I've made quite a quite some progress. Yeah, it looks uh, it looks pretty good too. I'm uh, getting the hang of Tailwind. Okay. <laughs> so given that, like. Are you, what are you kind of thinking for the week? Like, are you going to do more 12 hour days? Do you want to back it off a little bit? Like, what do you, what do you, how do you see the rest of this week kind of working out? Yeah. So the, the onboarding, it's, um, it's almost done. Like now I'm at the point where I'm showing the integration instructions. So like I'm, I have at the end of of the, like the multi-step, you're like, okay, here's how you integrate it to your site. And the, the documentation is dynamic, like it's based on what you defined in all the previous steps. Right. So if you define three different forms, well, in the instructions, you'll have the instructions for each form. And if, depending on what permissions you set on them, you know, the documentation will change accordingly. Right. So that's like, that's done. But while doing that, I started thinking about the integration and started to see problems with it. Okay. Like it's it's all it's all functional. Like it it, it would all work, mm-hmm. but but the problem that I'm seeing is that I wanted I wanted these workflows to be clonable, right? So I wanted someone to be able to create, you know, a, a Webflow project with an Airtable base and have Power Importer set up and member row, and then someone can just clone that whole project. Yeah, and I realized that. I had I had for, I had forgotten that part when I defined some of my URLs, okay. <laughs> some of my integration endpoints. So like, oh, like this needs to be each URL needs to be clonable. So yeah, so I need to some things I might need to change. Like either I just ship what I have now, yeah, and um, and, and they're not clonable, and then I can start working on V two where where it's different and mm-hmm. it's clonable. Um, so what were the implications of shipping what you have and kind of marketing it a bit versus doing the, making this improvement be? Well, the big problem is that my marketing strategy was going to, was to make these clonables. Okay. So like find someone on Upwork or, or someone that I know, a power importer customer and have them make a few clonables like this. Mm -hmm. So so yeah, this this becomes a major problem for that. <laughs> Fair enough, yeah. Yeah, because it would be one feel, thing if you had some customers that were like, I want this right now, like let's do a test, you know, sign me up, let's go, let's figure it out. And you could say, great, with V1, we, you and I can get started. Yeah, uh, no, exactly. Like I, I could, like realistically, I could I could contact some people right now and here, you, here's the V1, you can kick the tires and you can actually start using it. Mm-hmm. And then I can start working on V2 I mean, it, it's not like a whole rewrite. It's just, it's just my URLs and the JavaScript that you integrate to your website. Right. That was going to be my next question. Like, what is what? What's the cost? How big is it? What's involved in in addressing these problems? Like, I'll probably be an extra week of okay. of dev. You know, I also have to write this cloning interface. Like, I don't have. I didn't write that at all. Right. Oh, that's not too bad then. No, no, exactly. I mean, I think I should try to get get a few people to try the V1 first because mm-hmm. they might have other feedback that stuff that I didn't think of. Yeah, yeah I'm thinking because you'll either, like if that feedback exists, 
you'll either get it with the if you were to give this V zero to someone, or um, when you make the changes and then you put this in the hands of somebody else and then they give you the feedback. Then like you're going to hear right. it at some point. So it's like, do you want it earlier or later? No, exactly. I mean, it's it's about parallelism. Like if I can get someone to to kick the tires while I'm coding V two, then yeah, then that's actually a more efficient. So yeah, hopefully sometime this week I can I'll have something to uh, to reach out to people to test. Sweet, and I can start working on the V two. Excellent. Yeah, sounds like a plan. Yeah, because because that's it. The cloning is the only essential part that's missing for then me to do the my my marketing strategy. Yeah, and um, do you? I don't know if this is important or not, but do you see? Had, after kind of working so intensely, do you see your pace changing or are you going to try to make any changes or anything like that to, to try to keep from burning yourself out? Or I don't know. You, I mean, you know how you work best, but I was just curious if you... Uh... Yeah, I don't I don't know. Like I, I don't think so. I'm, I mean, I'm not even sure if it's a problem. Like Fair. If I work, if I work two or three weeks nonstop or <laughs> seven days a week, you know, 12 hours a day, and, and then I take four days off... <laughs> <laughs> you know, like I'm still, I'm still ahead. <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. I, I guess I was looking at it. Of, I was seeing it as a problem, but maybe it isn't. Like it's just one of those things that, like, yeah, you, this is your, this is how your momentum works, and that's fine. And as long as it's not yeah. a problem and it's not interfering with your life, then who cares? No, exactly. Like a, it's not like a like a real burnout. Yeah, because yeah, and, like and where, plus you're, you know, where it's like borderline depression. Totally, like, totally can't do anything. Yeah. Because you're never one to be like, oh, I, I can't go hiking today because I have to have to work. Like you're, I'm, you're, you've never been that kind of person. You're like, oh, an opportunity to do something cool. I'm going to go do it. Like, yeah, right. Yeah, I mean, I did, I did brush off someone to go hiking a few times in the past few weeks. Okay. <laughs> like usually we'd go hiking at least once a week, uh, once a month. Mm-hmm. I did say, uh, I'm kind of in the middle of something right now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but uh, yeah, maybe maybe that's something I should do in the next few weeks. Yeah, schedule. Go for a hike. Schedule yourself. But no, I'm not worried about my mental health. Like it's, yeah, I, that's it. I I accepted. I accepted that I I was burnt out and I need a break. That's perfect then, because I know yeah. that I'm. Yeah, I'm just I'm reflecting on my own inability to recognize how tired I am, and I'm like, oh god, everybody, everybody needs help. But it's just like it's just you, Matt. Yeah, and really, like you know, like I'm working. I was working a lot of hours and. But I never really felt stressed. Like, like it's not like at the end of the day, like I needed a drink to relax. It's like no. When, when I was done, like I would, I would feel like I, I wasn't thinking straight or I wasn't as efficient anymore. Right. So then I'd say, all right, that's that's too much. I'm done. And but yeah, I was able to disconnect and hang out with the family, okay. eat dinner, watch TV. Like no problems. Cool. So. Yeah, I think it, this is this is uh, sustainable. Sweet. All right. So I guess I should get back to work. Eh? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Crack that whip. <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> yeah, I've got uh, I've got a few things to finish today, and then I can I can turn off for a little bit. I'm trying to keep this. Um, I'm trying to do uh, shorter days this week. I'm trying to call it quits. Okay. At five five thirty something like that. As the weather changes, I'm trying to be more conscious of how I feel. So yeah, just, I feel like I, I've been working with the, with the freelancing. I've been working maybe more than I wanted to, and I also feel the, 
the, the pressure of my goals and I want to honor my goals and I want to work hard, but I want to make sure that I'm being, you know, I'm, I'm not overdoing it on myself because I'm very good at uh, cracking the whip. <laughs> yeah. You know, I, yeah, I've, I've definitely felt that before where you have these goals and, and you're not reaching them fast enough and yep. you feel like what the hell what the hell are you doing yeah it should be easy Matt yeah <laughs> Mark could do it say Matt, Mark though. could do it in yeah yeah I hope you don't say Matt <laughs> <laughs> it's like someone's walking over my grave like oh man Mark's cursing me out again <laughs> yeah no it's yeah oh, yeah that, that's a when I get into that space it's like you should be fast you should be better Mark would be done by now it would be it would look better it would work better like yeah, just, ugh, ugh, bad, bad mojo. You know, that's it. You have to remind yourself that everyone feels like that. Yeah, yeah. We're all, everything takes longer than we think. Absolutely. Anyway, all right. I think I'll take off then. All right. Cool. I will catch you next week. Awesome. Right. Have a nice week. See you later.